Hey everyone, I know I've been putting a lot of episodes out lately, but I often see a lot of people in the Comprehensible Input Facebook groups and within Curriculum Club asking about setting up your gradebook and grading and how you handle it all, informative assessments, summative assessments, rubrics, etc. And so I decided in the effort to save my sanity and also be able to clearly explain why I choose to do things the way I do, uh, I decided to make this podcast episode to talk about how I set up my grading in my classes and why I do it that way. And I want to preface this by saying if you are mandated to use a system by your school or by your department, then by all means, do that and make that work for the best way that you can. Um, If you have a different system and you disagree with me, that's totally cool too, as long as you can um, feel proud and defend and really stand strong behind why you're grading things the way that you are. Um, And to give you a little bit more context, I have complete freedom at my middle school to do and grade however I want, using whatever curriculum I want. I don't have to worry about including semester or final exams at all in our grades. And so it's basically whatever I chose for it to be. And when I made these big changes, I guess I'll just talk you through kind of my process with how my grading has changed over the years. And that might give you some insight into why I do what I do. So the biggest kind of debate in the the CI language community, I find, is do you weight summative grades more or formative grades more? And the way I used to do things is when I was teaching with a traditional textbook is I used to grade participation. So like 30% was, I think, participation. Um, I had tests as one category. Um, and we also do just like points and percentages. So we don't, and give letter grades. So we don't do any kind of standards-based grading or things like that. So if you have questions about that, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Um, so I would do participation tests, quizzes, and then daily work. So I had four different parts of my of my grade book. And when I was reevaluating it to really make it fit with teaching for proficiency and acquisition, I realized there's really only two there's really only two categories that I use. It's a lot of daily work, um, kind of completion points, rubrics, um, things like that, and then their summative portfolio assessments, which happen about every four to six weeks, depending on how often I try to get those in during a quarter. I do not separate my grades by modes of communication. And the main reason why I do that is I don't always feel it's necessary to test and put grades in for speaking, especially at the novice and intermediate low levels, um, which most of my students fall into. Not that that's something wrong if you do that, um, but that's just something that I don't I don't test often, and so I wouldn't want to have speaking as its own category. Um, I could see myself at one point doing maybe interpretive as part of my grade book, and then um, what's the opposite of interpretive? Ex- expression, expressing meaning, you know what I'm trying to say. So I could do like input as one grade and output as another grade because they do a quite a bit of writing. Um, but again, I don't want to get so so caught up in how they're uh, like getting the, in the language and outputting the language as much as like what they're able to do and what they can control. And that's the biggest reason why I'm sorry if that was a confusing mess, because now that I'm thinking about it myself, I'm probably not making any sense, but hopefully I can clarify it for you here. Always keeping it real for you on Preaching to a Choir. So currently, I choose to do 70% of my quarter grade is made up of summative assessments, and 30% of my quarter grade is made up of 
formative assessments or daily work. I hear, hear people say, we're not allowed to grade formative assessments. Okay, whatever it is, daily work, formative, um, basically things that are kind of things that the students need to check off um, as part of just being in school and playing the school game um, that's not really testing for their performance or proficiency in the modes of communication. So in the 30% of formative daily work category, that is where I'll put things like um, quick quizzes, uh, dictations, listen and sketch. Um, for those of you that are using Tina Hargadon's daily framework and Stepping Stones curriculum, a lot of those student application assessment strategies, I will put those in that daily work category for 30% of their grade. Um, when we do free choice reading, I use Tina Hargadon's Habits of Strong Readers rubric. Um, so I'll grade them on the rubrics, and they'll, those are all things they can control um, on the rubric. Um, habits of Strong Writers rubric, if we ever do like a free write or a retell, things like that. So that I'm not actually grading them on their ability to output the language, but that they are developing the habits that they can control that, that to help them develop the skills that they're going to need to be successful eventually when they are outputting. So anytime I would have them maybe complete like hey guys we're gonna do a slideshow about your different pets so I need you to go on Google Classroom and put a picture of your pet or a pet you want in the slideshow I might give them five points for doing that that goes into that daily work category the summative assessment category is only their end of unit or end of cycle summative portfolio assessment grades and that for me happens at least once a quarter and they will have at least one grade in each of the modes of communication. So they'll have at least one listening grade, one reading grade, one writing grade. And in my seventh and eighth grade classes, I do the question and answer game, which I have a podcast episode about if you want to read more or listen more about that. Um, I do that as their speaking grade. So it's made up of four grades. And when I, when I do their summative portfolio assessments, the Stepping Stones curriculum that Tina has created is scaffolding their understanding from day one to have success on those assessments. So I have had no qualms whatsoever about students having only four grades in a category that's 70% of their overall quarter grade because they're going to get all A's or B's on these summative assessments. And if they don't, there's some bigger issue at play. And I actually don't really assign any grades lower than that. I will have the students come in during their study hall or resource time, and I will say, hey, what happened? This isn't reflective of what I know you can do. And I will have them redo it, actually. Um, so that is kind of how I choose to do my summative assessments. And the reason why I weight that so heavily is because I want, and I apologize if you can hear my cats playing on the dining room floor in the background, but again, keeping it real here. Um, the reason why I want that to be the majority of their grade is because I want their grade for Spanish class to be based on their performance in the language. Uh, too often I find in school, and I found that this was me previously, we are, we are grading them on behavior, we're grading them on organization, we're grading them on their ability to do work outside of class when we don't know what their home situation is like. And I have found there's a particular student that comes to mind. I'm not going to use uh, their name, but I had one student who has now graduated from our eighth grade class, and they would always be participating in class, always speaking Spanish, um, reading their books, being on task, doing what they need to do. They're like the greatest kid to have in class. 
but when they went home, it was their job to take care of their siblings. They didn't have very good heat or air in their bedroom that was in the attic. And so that either made them very, very cold and very, very hot. And so they spent a lot of time not sleeping in the evenings and they were very disorganized and they couldn't find their papers or they would lose their papers. And the, the sadness and shame and disappointment in themselves when I would have to ask if they needed a new copy or if they needed me to you know, help them find it or whatever, or just them having to tell me that they didn't have it, that was heartbreaking to me, to be honest. And maybe I'm a little too fluffy, maybe I'm a little too sensitive, or maybe it's me just coming to the realization that there's so much that's happening in our students' lives that we can't control, that they can't control, that it's not fair to be grading them on those things. So I didn't want to grade this student on their ability to keep track of a piece of paper. I didn't want to give them a grade because they were forced to be a parent to their siblings while their parents were at work third shift when I had other students who had the privilege of having parents home to help them do their homework and, and take care of them in the evenings. And so I am very careful about what I ask students to do outside of class. I really focused on equity in that, in that case and also what I put the emphasis on. Yes, these daily work things are important. Yes, teaching them you know, accountability and responsibility is important in their process of growing up and finding success later in life. But I didn't want a student to possibly fail my class, but yet be able to speak Spanish, write Spanish, listen to Spanish, and read Spanish with a high level of proficiency or performance in the classroom, because that didn't make sense for me. If a student can understand Spanish being spoken, if a student can read Spanish that's written, if a student can write Spanish and express a meaning, and a student can speak and express meaning, why are they failing my class? Why are they getting below a C in my class? And so that's where I came up with the percentages of 70% summative performance assessments and 30% formative or daily work assessments. Because the summative assessments are a celebration of their learning. I tell the students this, I never make a big deal out of them. And I tell them, we're gonna do checkpoint assessments along the way that will be practice for you. I put those checkpoint scores in as formative daily work grades. Um, and I said, as long as you pay attention in class and you participate and you do your best, and I know it's your best, then you will do well in this class. And I follow through on that as well. And I have not yet had a student who did poorly because they just couldn't get it. Because I feel like that's a reflection of me doing my job then, right? Like if, if there's one kid that's a red flag, that maybe needs to be a redo or a discussion needs to be had or a different opportunity or something needs to be done in that situation, right? But if there are multiple students not doing well, then that's on me. I didn't scaffold their understanding enough or what I, what I asked them to do, I didn't model well enough for them or give them enough repetitions of. So there's other problems to look at that way. So I'm gonna step off my soapbox now. But I decided on 70% for summative performance assessments and 30% for formative daily work assessments because I wanted the majority of my students' grade to reflect their actual ability to interpret and express meaning in the target language. 
So I hope that helps you understand why I've chosen that. I hope that maybe makes you reflect and think a little bit more about your grading practices and maybe you have yours set up differently, but as you reflect on it, it still works and makes sense for you. Um, and I totally respect that. And if you have a different idea or a different um, philosophy or something to talk about with me, I welcome the discussion. I love chatting about these things. Um, if any of my practices are not equitable or I need to change, um, I'm happy to have a, a, an honest discussion about those things as well. But I just wanted to kind of explain the, the reasoning behind what I, why I do what I do. And when I break it down grade-wise for us, because it is just straight quarter grades, right? We don't have any exams to configure in there. In quarter one, if a student got 100% on all their assessments, summative assessments, but never did anything, I mean, it would be almost impossible, right? Never did anything or got zeros on all of their formative and daily work stuff, they would at least still have a C minus in my class, which some of people and old me would be saying, what, that's ridiculous. How can they get away with doing absolutely nothing and still getting a C minus? Well, what is the point of my class? The point of my class is for them to understand and express meanings and communicate in Spanish. And if they can do that, then I'm doing my job right. And so, you know what? If they're choosing to not do anything else and they're happy with that C minus, so be it. You know, I can't control everything. Um, but this way, if a student gets a couple zeros here and there because of things out of their control on their daily work scores, or you know maybe they have terrible organization and can never find their papers and they get zeros, it's not gonna hurt their overall performance in my class. And I really, truly took a hard look at myself and my grading policies, and I wanted their scores to reflect their abilities in Spanish. And that's what I think I have accomplished. And I'm not saying I'm going to stick to this forever and that I won't make changes to it in the future. But as of, let me check the date here, August 20th, 2020, that is why I have my grading percentages set up the way that I do.